Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, once again, it's just going to be me and Micah, since Antoine decided he wanted to uh, take a trip uh, on the other side of the planet. <clears throat> and today, uh, we're going to be going over some stories, um, or a it depends, either a story or some stories, um, about uh, some like horror stuff that's happened here where we live. Yeah, so... Yeah, Antoine's not here, so we'll make this uh, spicy, spicy stories episode two, maybe, or we won't. I don't know. We're gonna be talking about the Dark Watchers today. So we're talking about the Dark Watchers today, which is a, it's kind of like folklore. It's a phenomenon, crazy thing that happens. Uh, I think it's in Big Sur, somewhere around there, uh, in the Santa Lucia mountain range, wherever that is. I think it's big, sir. Somewhere around. But uh, these, there's these figures called the Dark Watchers, which are described as tall. Featureless, shadowy figures, often cloaked and with large hats. Uh, they said they look like witches, like the shadows of witches. <laughs> Sometimes they had walking sticks. <laughs> yeah, Batman. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. They were uh, the Joker and the Penguin. Yeah, but that's not the Joker. It's the Penguin. Sometimes it's the Joker. He does that? <laughs> yeah, Batman. That's rude. Anyway, um... Uh, they're most likely usually seen between the hours of somewhere in twilight and in dawn. Uh, but sightings of the figures have dated as far back as the Spanish settlers in the 1700s called them Los Vigilantes Oscuros. I probably butchered that, but it literally try. translates <coughs> to the Dark Watchers. Where is it? Los Vigilantes Oscuros. Yeah, that was probably much better. Um, oh, oh, oh. oh, wait, that's French. That's French. Shut up. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what they, the Spanish called them. The Spanish came here to America and they found them. They're like, uh, what the fuck are these things? Um, folklore has said that the Watcher's job is only to observe, but has warned people of approaching them, saying that if you do, you may disappear into oblivion. Oh. That's going to be really loud. This? Oh. Yeah. Okay. As you can see, so you can disappear. Like, if you go up to one, they thought people would just fucking vanished. Uh, other than those few bits of pieces, there wasn't much lore or history surrounding these figures until the 20th century when a couple authors gave the folklore their own take. So the Spanish settlers, there was, they kind of really deified them, but they thought they were like really like watchful entities that would kind of watch over the forest, make sure no uh, trickery was afoot. Uh, and then in the 20th century, the first one was 1937, there's a man named Robinson Jeffers who wrote about the figures in his collection of poems called Such Counsels You Gave to Me and Other Poems. He said, he thought it might be one of the watchers who are often seen in this length of coast range, forms that look human to human eyes, but certainly are not human. They, came, they come from behind ridges to watch, but when he approached, that, he approached it, he recognized the shabby clothes and pale hair and even the averted forehead and concave line from the eye the jaw so that he was not surprised when the figure turning toward him in the t quiet twilight showed his own face then it melted and merged into the shadows beyond it so that was a there was a poet who wrote that in one of his poetry collections is it like <clears throat> was it like an actual face so he he kind of created it where it was like this lore around it where if you go up to it it's going to show you and then disappear but usually people don't go up to it they were nobody went so up he to made him. it up so he kind of he made that part up kind of created that part of the folklore okay. and then uh, a little more interestingly there was 
a book written by John Steinbeck, 1938. Yes. A famous author. Um, in his collection of short stories called The Long Valley, the exact short story is called Flight, he wrote, Pepe looked suspiciously back every minute or so, and his eyes sought the tops of the ridges ahead. Once, a white barren spur, he saw a black figure for a moment, but he looked quickly away, for it was one of the dark watchers. No one knew who the watchers were, nor where they lived. But it was better to ignore them, and never to show interest in them. They did not bother one who stayed on the trail and minded his own business. It's weird. Pepe the Frog? Pepe, yes, Pepe. Pepe. Pepe found him. Pepe the Froggy. Um, so Steinbeck, he had grown up hearing about these things. His mom had told him about them. And she said that she would bring food as offerings to the uh, watchers. She would leave it in the woods, and then when she came back, she would find flowers in their place, which is weird. And most people think that they're just shadows, but I think it was Steinbeck who said, shadows don't leave flowers. That was weird. And then Steinbeck's son grew up seeing the apparitions and would later write a book with the artist Benjamin Brode. Brody? Something like that. Going into the history of the Watchers, and he, they did some art on it. It's really cool. The book is called In Search of the Dark Watchers, if you want to find it. I could not find it, or I would have read it. Um, and then the final major sighting of the Dark Watchers was in the mid-1960s, when a former principal went on a hiking trip in the mountains, saw the figures, but when he called out to the other hikers, they disappeared. There's a bunch of shit, crazy shit going on with these things. People have seen them all over. Nobody's gone near them, really. Um, but they give you flowers if you bring them fruit. That's pretty cool. Fruit. And some people think that they're made by shadows of trees or of ourselves in the fog and they disappear, but that's fucking boring and stupid. Uh, yeah, and yeah. so they're definitely dark watchers that are real entities that watch over the forest and if you bring them fruit, they'll give you a flower. So, yep. As you will. So that's near, kind of near here. It's pretty cool. Interesting stuff. My sources, gotta give sources. Uh, sfgate.com, allthatsinteresting.com, and Wikipedia. So go to those websites. They have some cool articles on them. Read up on it. Pretty cool. Sir, is that all you had written? That's it. I didn't know. Why did you think that would take so long? Oh, because I thought there would be discussion about it. We'd like talk and go into it. But uh, well, what is it? I mean, where in, over in? We're just, uh, I think it's in Big Sur. Big, I can check. Big Sur. Yeah. So Big Sur's down. I've been to Big Sur. Um, and I've camped there before. And Big Sur is not Santa Cruz, <laughs> first of all. But it's Central California. Yeah, it's Northern California. Um, I don't know. I've never heard. Yeah, it's in Carmel. I've never like felt any like, presences or whatever of um, dark figures or whatever when I've been there. Yeah, it's big. I mean, it's it was very very foggy. Mm-hmm. Like very foggy. It does get very foggy because you're very high. Yeah. Yes. Clouds. I um I looked up a story. I don't know the story, but there's. Do you know where the Brookdale Lodge is? I think so. Yeah, well, apparently it's super haunted. We should go there. And you can stay there. We should um, stay there. It's one of the most historically haunted places in the world. Ooh. Yeah. Is it more or less haunted than the Winchester Mystery Mansion? Mystery Machine. Uh, the lodge dates back to the 1800s and is unique for so many different reasons. It, uh, after opening in the late 1800s, the Bookdale Lodge hosted guests, celebrities, and even presidents. But uh, an unfortunate drowning of a young child has also op- 
open the doors of dozens of spirits that still haunt the lodge today. Are you brave enough to visit the Brookdale Lodge? Yes. I would too. That'd be cool. So somebody just drowned there and everyone was angry? <clears throat> it's haunted. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've seen this place. It does look kind of creepy. Um, but it does look nice too. What kind of ghost haunts it? That's what I want to know. I don't know. What's his name? Look at that though. That looks so nice. I know. How do you haunt a place that looks like it's fucking straight out of a Disney movie? Uh, okay, Brookdale Lodge, haunted rooms, plural? I don't know. Uh, that's a lot of stuff that, no. Um, it just says thanks for reading. Good article. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> just all it says is thanks for reading. You're welcome for reading. Uh, alright, let's see. I read it in depth. Huh, okay, so here we go. Over the years, there have been many sightings of little Sarah Logan, which I assume is the, the girl who got drowned. Um, she is often seen in a white and blue Sunday dress walking through the lobby or near the fireplace between the lounge and the brook room. She has also been seen playing on the balcony of the brook room, an area off limits to visitors and guests, and sitting beside the fire in the fireside room. Some have been approached by the crying Sarah, asking if they could help her find her nanny. As they turn to look for the little girl's mother, Sarah vanishes. The sightings aren't limited to visitors. Past owners of the Brookdale Lodge have also seen Sarah running about the lodge's lobby. From the description, Sarah was very clear, like a whole person, and wore a 1940s-style formal dress. She ran silently across the lobby for about five seconds before dis disappearing through the office window. Owners must have been quite spooked because soon after, they hired several priests and psychics to try and rid the Lodge of Spirits. The niece isn't the only paranormal activity visitors to the Lodge have experienced. In the Mermaid Room, visitors have experienced hearing voices, the clinking of glasses, and soft music when the room was empty. The jukebox located here has been known to turn itself on and off when nobody is near it. When the brook room is empty, you can sometimes hear glasses and plates clinking and people talking as if dozens of ghosts, ghostly dinners are having a meal. A ghostly woman has been seen walking over the brook as if supported by a bridge removed long ago. Late night doors slam and footsteps are often heard in empty rooms. Okay, room 46 of the motel wing is reported to be very haunted. Whoa, this is very haunted. Very haunted. Um... Uh, a woman who worked at the lodge in exchange for lodging has reported that the night that at night objects and shapes would fly across the room. Ghostly ballroom dancers would swirl around leering as they floated by. Ghosts would materialize around her bed, their faces sometimes vague and sometimes very, very clear. One of the ghosts was a little boy, perhaps twelve or thirteen years old, and there was a man with his eye hanging loose on his cheek. And still another was a man with a knife wound across his face. Not all of her experience in room 46 were visual. She also reports that once she felt somebody sit on the edge of her bed and stroke her arm. Ugh. Yeah. And then it says, if you were driving through, I recommend you stop for their very nice Sunday champagne brunch in the brook room. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Have some champagne and uh, catch a ghost. Champagne. I know, right? So, I mean, uh, I mean, it doesn't really have that many stories or lore i guess about it there's a youtube video because assuming that there's a guy with his fucking eyeball hanging out how did his eyeball get hanging out 
I don't think that just happens. So I want to know if there's like a serial killer that operated out of there. And people are seeing the victims. That's true, maybe. I have absolutely no idea. $114 a night. <laughs> maybe we won't go stay there. Uh, um, uh, that's the cheapest one, too. I think that'd be worth it for a night. I'd go stay a night there. That'd be fun. Yes. Let's see if it's actually haunted. I want to stay in the haunted room. Same, yeah. Don't see yeah you want to you be stroked by... Want to stroke by Herbert the friendly ghost. Yeah, exactly. Caffer, not, not so friendly ghost. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is that all on your uh, Herbert Lodge or whatever it's called? Uh, yes. I think that's fine. I can't really find a lot more on it. Okay. I found this guy called. I hope this doesn't do anything. Oh, that's why I'm, I keep saying Herbert. His name is Herbert Mullen. Herbert the pervert. Herbert the pervert. Hey, Corvus. Hey, you wanna suck on my popsicle? Yep. Yeah. Anyway, Herbert Mullen. He operated in the 19, early 1970s. Uh, I think it's 72 to 73. He had 13 victims, um, and he killed them because he thought it would stop a world-ending uh, earthquake. Oh, and this is in Santa Cruz. This, is, this was in Santa Cruz. He was a Santa Cruz murderer because he thought that I don't know. He thought that apparently killing them was gonna save the world. Yep. Or something. Definitely, he was, uh, he was spicy. That's fun. What year was this? In the 70s, early 70s. 70s. So, I'm going to do, there's a lot more about this guy. I'm going to do a lot more research, and we're going to make a full episode on him soon. Oh, okay then. Maybe not soon. But serial killers like this, I want to do more about. He just recently died. Oh. So, I think I read somewhere that, um, someone... Uh, what was it? How, uh, do you die of old age? Or? That's a good question. Natural causes. Yeah, okay. Herbert Mullen's six steps to becoming a man. Your past. Number one, your past. Tell me. Tell me your past. We're going to make you a man, according to Herbert Mullen. Um, hmm. I, as a young child, about three years of age, uh -huh. we were at a zoo. I saw a duckling. I wanted to catch said duckling. I tripped and fell and crushed the duckling, killing it instantly. No, the duckling. <laughs> um, no, but that did happen. Uh, the next question, question two. Are you bisexual? No. Damn it. <laughs> question three. Do you masturbate? Yes. Question four. How do you feel about premarital sex? Yes. Question five. Your dreams tell me your dreams. Scared to fucking death. Oh, wait, no, that's what? the answer. $500. Huh? Oh. This is your dreams. Tell me your dreams. Scared to fucking death. $500. Tell <laughs> me your dreams. That sounds like Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, uh, scared to death. Uh, $500. Yes. Tell me your dreams. My dreams? I've told you that one where I windmill my arms and uh, my... All the... Like, um... It was elementary school. And... Uh, all my classmates turned into zombies and I'd windmill my arms at super speed and uh, uh, change them back to normal. <laughs> That's so funny. Alright. Um, are you doing happy? Yes. Good. You are a man now. Yes! Let's go! Let's see. I can finally, uh, I can, I can drink now. Yep, you, good. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. I can finally, uh, I can 
I can fly now. You can fly. I can fly. You can fly because you're a man? Yep. That would be a man does? Yep. Fuck, I gotta be a fucking. You can throw feathers and fly away like a majestic pigeon. He thought that the Vietnam War had produced enough American deaths to, f- to create earthquakes as a blood sacrifice to nature. So he was like, shit, the war has killed so many Americans, now the earth is going to try to kill us. And so now I gotta kill people to save the earth. This uh, guy was fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get into so much more. I feel like we have a lot this. of crazy people here, though. <laughs> so <laughs> one of the ones, he had car trouble, and so he pulled over, and somebody, or I think he was faking having park, car trouble. So he pulls over, and one of the guys that stopped by to help him with the car opens up his hood, looks at the hood, and then Herbert got mad and beat him with a baseball bat. He got mad? He's like, I don't know why he got mad. I'm guessing because he was going to find that there's no actual car trouble. So he just beat him with a baseball bat. And he died? Yep, I think so. I think he killed or beat him and then took him away. Damn, that's uh, that's so fucked up. Like, yeah, imagine, he, like, he was just stopping to help, you know? Like, damn. <laughs> he killed 13 people. 13 people. Yikes. That's spicy. That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> spicy meatball. Oh, he had people volunteer. He, oh my god. Oh my god. Um, in Mullen's memory, someone insisted that she and her children would like to volunteer to be blood sacrifices. What? And he shot them all with a pistol. In his memory, so he made it up. Oh, they probably didn't. They actually. probably didn't, obviously. And then he was like, hey, haha, you're gonna be my blood sacrifices to fucking kill them all. God damn, this dude's crazy. I gotta, yeah. I'm gonna do so much. This is gonna be but so I interesting. Mean, there, yeah, there's a lot of crazy people. Uh, this guy was probably off so many drugs. Well, he would think he was schizophrenic or something. Oh, like oh, yeah, okay. Um, that's, that sucks. Did he, was he in jail? Yeah, so he got arrested. He's in jail. Uh, and then he died of probably old age. I'm thinking, there's a, there was a serial, serial killer. We could probably talk about him in a different podcast. But, but there, I just remember seeing this... Um, interview with him it's like old interview and apparently like he sacrifices like the son um and he's like because uh, like uh god tells him to like in his head uh like to sacrifice people and he killed like a ton of people who was that i don't know but i just remember the, the interview um the interviewer was like do you still have these like this head telling you to kill people and uh, he's like, yes. He's like, would you would you kill me? And he's just like, yes. And he starts licking his lips. Joseph Collinger? I think so. I don't know. He was an American serial killer who murdered three people and tortured four families. Oh. Uh, and committed the later crimes with his 12-year-old son, Michael. I would have to see um, a picture of him, of the video. This guy? There's a, there's a video of it. It's a, it's a color. Sure. Oh, the white lady. We gotta talk about. Oh, yes, the white lady. There's a, there's a Santa Cruz horror story about the white lady of some street or whatever. Ocean Street. Ocean Street. Ocean Street. Yeah, Ocean Street. Oh shit! We can go find her. <laughs> like a Pokemon hunt. <laughs> gotta catch them all. Yeah, they gotta go catch her. Let me do a little research real quick. Santa Cruz was the murder capital of the world. Really? Not the world. I think the country. Oh. One of the two, but. Because there were so many serial killers operating here that people were fucking dying like flies. 
Damn, I never knew that. That's yeah. crazy. Oh, so that's so cool. Um, Alfred Hitchcock, in his movie Psycho, he modeled the Bates Mansion after a Victorian uh, mansion or hotel that's on Santa Cruz. That's in Santa Cruz, in Beach Hill, oh, or on Beach Hill. The legend about the White Lady is that in the 1870s, someone came. She came from Massachusetts, uh, and an old German drunk arranged for a mail-order bride. They married and lived in a small, humble home nearby. The the guy kept getting drunk, and he would force her to put on the wedding dress, and then he would beat her um, oh. when he was drunk. Uh, and so when she started making arrangements, she tried started trying to escape and get out. Um, the husband got word of it and then got really angry and killed her and then burned the body. Damn. And this supposedly happened here in Santa Cruz. And so whenever the people that have seen the white lady around Ocean Street, um, she's, they say that she sits, that she will walk around there in her dress and then will sit at the place where her house was. Dressed in white, she's said to kill wandering children to take the place of hers who drowned. So she also had her... Oh, that was La Llorona. Yeah. So, that's crazy. That's, that was just one possibility of who it could be, though. There's a couple different ones. It doesn't have to be paranormal. Like, you look at, like, bear attacks or some shit. Mountain lions. There's been some crazy fucking mountain lion stuff near here. I know there has. People have been sending my family videos of mountain lions that have walked on their front porch. They also... A mountain lion stalked a guy once and he had to shoot it. That would yeah. be terrifying. I heard uh, a long time ago... Not like... Like, when we were small, but... Um, some guy... And his horse got attacked by a mountain lion. It, like, attacked the horse. Ooh, yummy. Yeah. I remember when we were doing uh, um, the the hide and seek up at um, oh. that ranch. I'd play. I, I, me and Nathan were hiding on the roof, and I would play the whenever someone would come near. I'd play the the, the screaming mountain lion, <laughs> but I guess no one heard it. We couldn't. Yeah, we couldn't hear it very well. That was terrifying, though. We actually thought that. I okay. So there was this night where we went up to like a summer camp. And we were going to play hide-and-seek with a bunch of friends. Do we have airsoft guns? Yeah. We had airsoft guns, too. We were going to shoot each other. We were very responsible. Yes. Um, so we were running around up there, and we were in a bunch of different groups. And the group that I was with, we were high, It was I think it was Antoine and I. And we were sitting in one of the cabins, and we just kept hearing yeah, yeah. stuff walking around outside. Mm-hmm. When we went to look, there was it sounded like something ran off into the bushes. And so we hauled ass out of there. And we kept hearing stuff walking around in the bushes and jumping yeah. out at us. Um, there was there was a lot of deer up there. But, there is a lot of deer, but, but also... the thing is about deer, I'm pretty sure is their eyes aren't reflective. I think it's only like uh, predators, eyes right? Are they are. Yeah. Uh, I thought only predators' eyes were reflective. Anyways, because well, me and Nathan, we were looking for you guys. But we had a flashlight. And we looked into like it was kind of over where you guys were, but we didn't know. And uh, we saw yeah. eyes going back at us. I remember that. And because uh, well, that, that's what we heard outside. We were like, and then you guys saw it. And and then Gabe was like, "Oh, I saw a cat. Like a yeah. big, he's like, I saw a big cat. 
Gabe, Gabe is gonna die. He's gonna, he's gonna be like, kitty, and then try to touch it, and he's gonna fucking murder. Over by your church, when we were playing airsoft, he said there was that there was a raccoon just right next to him. <laughs> he probably tried to pet it. Yeah. Oh, throw our pens and guides to UCSC cryptids. A large hand. <laughs> Like Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot with these giant hands instead. Large hand. A cousin of the famous Bigfoot, Large Hand is a giant hominid localized in the Santa Cruz area, reported to walk upright on its hind legs. The creature is roughly seven feet in height, covered in shaggy black hair except over its small pointed face. Large Hand and Bigfoot share many similarities in size and composition. However, the key distinguished feature between the two is the relative sizes of their hands and feet. While Bigfoot is known for its large footprint, large hands difference or defining characteristic is its disproportionately large hands. While standing tall, its bulky hands begin at its waist with fingers dangling down several feet in the, to the ground. This helps distinguish its footprints from those of other creatures. Evidence of large hands knuckles dragging through the dirt is seen with every step as large continuous grooves in the hood. The hood, the hood, the ground, big hands, <laughs> hanging out in the hood with the boys. There's also sock serpent. He's got sock in his mouth. Uh, sock serp. Oh, it's plural. Sock serpents are a small semi-aquatic pest notorious for disrupting wander day <laughs> while laying flat with their flippers outstretched. These miniature serpents measure up to seven inches in length and four inches in width. Their long necks account for just under half their length. At the base of their necks are gills they can utilize when submerged in the soapy water of a laundry machine. Um, Sock serpents have adapted thick leathery skin to protect them from harsh detergents and turbulent spin cycles. Their skin is usually white or silver with metallic sheen which camouflages them as they hide in the back of washers or dryers. Sock serpents are characterized by their appetite for clothing. Uh, for this reason, they have developed long pointed teeth to easily shred fabric. Sightings. While physical sightings of the sock, ser- sock serpent have been few and far between, evidence of their feedings is nearly seen every day. <laughs> sock serpent feedings are often interpreted as the disappearance of garments such as socks, gloves, and face masks from laundry. While prefers these bite-sized articles of clothing, serpents are also known to nibble on larger knitted materials, often fraying sweaters and other delicate clothes. Next is the mammoth slug. What is it? Is that like real cryptid? I don't know. Or is that like... Two-headed turkey. Yeah, that, that, was, that was it. I think that's yeah. just stuff that people made No, it up. says a, gui- a guide to UCSC cryptids. Interesting. Which UCSC is uh, the, the University, University of Santa Cruz, California. So, um, if you want to see the sock serpent, go there. They have a couple of them around there. Yeah, yeah, you got sock serpents and and fucking large hand. Large hand. Go give them a big high five. (laughs) It's a friendly neighborhood. (laughs) Hanging out in the hood with his Mickey Mouse hands. Okay, we got mammoth slugs, or giant terrestrial gastropods related to the commonly known banana slug. They can grow to be as long as 30 feet. From tail to antenna and weigh as much as five tons. These enormous slugs are usually yellow, which okay, with occasional brown or black sm- spots. 
They move at a rate that can only be defined as sluggish. <laughs> they slither by contra contracting and expanding the large muscles of their foot, producing several gallons of slime per minute to help aid in motion. Despite having eyes the size of basketballs, these creatures exhibit very poor eyesight, only able to perceive light and simple shape shapes. Sightings. Mammoth slugs like to roam in the wide open space of the lower quarry. They're sometimes they're commonly seen crossing the road on weekdays at times of peak traffic. So are they, are they um, maybe this is like a school bus. <laughs> I'm just like slug. These are very goofy. Cryptids. Yeah. I don't know about these ones. Uh, and there's the two. This is the most believable, which is the two-headed turkey. <laughs> oh, they're definitely two-headed turkeys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's just a, a freaking mutation. Your, your turn. Take it away. I think that's good. We got another short episode. Well, our, our spicy stories without Antoine are short episodes. True, because Antoine's not here to for the the comedic relief. <laughs> yes. We don't have a fully researched episode today. Even though I thought I would have enough, but it uh, wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So he, he assured me that he had enough. And I did. It was, like, it wasn't it was enough. like eight minutes. <laughs> I thought it would be more. I know we usually have discussions and you guys interrupt me every ten minutes. That's true. Or every three minutes. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Shorter one because we uh, spicy stories. That's why. Don't question it. Thank well, you. Well, except we don't have any spiciness. All of those were spicy. You're telling me the, the snake, sock snake no, wasn't spicy? No, no. It was called Spicy Stories last time because we had spicy food that we were chowing down on. Oh, right. Um, we ate a lot of spicy food. Yeah, ah, yep. my mouth. Ah. <laughs> yep, it's real spicy. Uh, so thank you for listening, uh, Belgium. Thank you. Uh, make sure you go check out Dubby. Use the code Circus of Mystery. No, all caps, no spaces. Get yourself some 10% off some good fucking caffeine. Yes. Go pound out some good shit. Yeah. Some good stuff. Okay, for gaming. And pound for, each other. And then, yeah, maybe do that. Yeah. Maybe. As long as everybody's over 18. That's true. And you're of legal uh, consenting age. Yeah, yes. Um, legal consenting adults. Unless you're in Belgium. What's the age of Belgium? I'm going to look at what the it, it age doesn't of matter. Because it might not be 18. Maybe it's, maybe it's not. But we 18. didn't say 18. You just said over, like, of age. Hold on. Belgium <laughs> age of consent. 16. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, I guess if you're in Belgium, uh, but uh, America, if, or really anywhere else, don't fucking do that. That's bad. Actually, I think a lot of places are 16. Anyway. I uh, think some states are 16 as well. Thank you for listening. And the U.S. To Spicy Stories, episode two. And we'll catch you in the next one. Adios. Ah!